Hey, welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. We are coming to you today on a very timely topic as we continue to see how coronavirus is not only affecting our society, but also our industry. Uh, and with that in mind, I want to bring in one of uh, the, the go-to uh, people in our industry whenever it comes to uh, topics such as this, and that is Tom Viola, who is dental pharmacology expert. Tom, how are you, man? Good, Kevin. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, doing well, doing well. Uh, you know, uh, like like you and like so many of our listeners, we're uh, just kind of laying low. We're uh, we're waiting to see what next steps are going to be with the the COVID nineteen outbreak, and uh, obviously, we are in the middle of a stretch now where dentistry is really being affected. I know uh, you and I had meetings canceled where we were going to be speaking, and uh, I know there are a lot of dental assistants and dental team members out there who are listening to this that are really kind of nervous about uh, where we are and where things are going. But let's let's pick your brain. Let's knock out some of this hysteria that we're seeing about how to protect yourself in the practice from the coronavirus. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot out there with PPE. Uh, we, we trust our good friends at OSAP.org. But Tom, I, I want to kind of get your thoughts. What do we need to know about coronavirus and dentistry and these kind of unsettling days, honestly. Well, I, I, again, as I have uh, often said over the last couple of days, you know, th this kind of crisis where, where travel, both domestic and international is being curtailed and, and, and meetings being canceled left and right. It's, it's tough for a speaker, you know, you're out there and, and you're traveling and your livelihood depends on, on big meetings. And so I probably don't have any work for the next three weeks, maybe even longer until we, we get some sense of how long this is going to take. Yeah. And I know, you know, I'm not the only one because right now, as of uh, yesterday, even in New Jersey and the state of New York, um, uh, curfews and, and restrictions have been placed even on dental offices. Most of them are closed for at least a week or more. Yeah. Uh, that, that affects all of our partners who are listening right now. And I, I know you're sitting at home, perhaps listening to this podcast, and I can tell you, you're not alone. You know, we're all kind of getting through this together. Uh, but that doesn't mean in, in sort of a, in a positive spin on a negative concept it doesn't mean Corona is ever going to go away. You know, much like the flu, it's, it's always going to be around. We might be able to get a vaccine within a short period of time, but uh, these kinds of precautions that we are learning now to take with Corona uh, will, will carry us through uh, who knows what the next uh, type of epidemic or pandemic will be. Mm -hmm. uh, and really what I've set out to say many times is, although some people for now feel that we'll eventually go back to business as usual, we have to at least make every effort we can to maximize our safety since since we in dentistry are at higher risk. The very nature of dentistry, with aerosolization and therefore resulting droplets uh, permeating our working environment, indicates at least to me that our safety really comes down to three things. It's, it's pre-planning, it's peri-protection, and it's post-containment. Uh, pre-planning is as simple as it sounds. You know, many dental procedures can be postponed to a later time. So pre-planning for us is a valuable tool, especially if we just make easy assessments. Like, is this patient symptomatic? Have they traveled abroad recently? Uh, have they been to countries that have, have been identified as having people with COVID-19? Uh, if that's the case, then to me, that means one word, reschedule. You know, we can always as long as it's not emergent, we can always put that off and therefore put off the, the, the danger to us and, and, and the people we work with. Uh, by the same token, though, if a patient is symptomatic, let's, of course, remember to refer those patients, uh, any patients that are in need of medical attention. 
I know there's been a lot of hysteria about hand sanitizer, and, and I get that, but it's indispensable in, in dentistry because soap and water is not always readily available. So make sure you, know, you keep an adequate supply on hand, and, and if you can get it at this point. But remember to request that all patients use it often, even like when they touch the pen to sign in, for example. Uh, but some things we don't think about, which I do, maybe because I'm still that layperson out there that looks as dentistry as sort of a home base and yet sort of uh, a foreign land. And that is, what about the office staff? Yeah. You know, I recognize that a lot of us, assistants, hygienists, you know, dentists, we're involved in the procedures themselves. So of course, we're, we're always looking at minimizing our risk. But the rest of the staff in the office are still at risk because they're probably working either with patients that are potentially infected uh, or nothing less. You know, they're, they're, these patients need to be rescheduled, but they're still breathing the same air. And therefore, we need to watch out for them as well. So, of course, the, the guidelines you read say, well, there has to be a barrier, uh, six feet between patients and, and staff. Well, while, while that's recommended, that may not be practical. Right. Okay, so then let them wear a PPE. Well, that would make sense in one sense since, you know, okay, remember, we're in close contact with everybody we work with in the office, so everyone's contamination is our contamination. But do you really want your office staff wearing PPE at the desk? I mean, does that not incite perhaps panic on the part of your patients who think, well, why are they wearing all this equipment? Sure. So those are some considerations, you know, as far as keeping everyone safe in the office. Um, Peri protection means the usual, wearing PPE, masks, gowns, gloves. But keep in mind this, again, I keep using the word hysteria, but the hysteria over face masks and, and surgical masks. And I mean, as a traveler in the airport, I can't tell you how many people are wearing masks these days. But let's face it, even the best masks we have, like the N95, may not be sufficient because... COVID-19 is transmitted via droplets, and it's exceedingly small. It's, it's probably 0.125 microns. Now, an N95 mask, for example, has pores that range between 0.1 and 0.3 microns in diameter. So in that case, it may not be as good as we think. But then again, it may be the best we can get. Yeah. So we'll take that versus anything else. Yeah, and, and I think it really is, you know, this is an ever-evolving topic. I think we were going to come out of this learning so much about mistakes that were made and how to prepare for it next time, as well as what, you know, will come down the road. And we know that we are always going to have some kind of threat. But, you know, Tom, one thing that I've, I've talked to a lot of practices about, and I want your thoughts on this, is that there's going to be a lot of patients who are very nervous about coming back into the practice. And one thing that I think dental practices should be doing, and, and again, I want your thoughts on this, is talking about all the infection control measures that, that our industry has been taking really since the HIV AIDS epidemic uh, really came into full focus and how that our focus has been taking care of patients for this long. Is that something that you think is a good talking point for when businesses start to ramp back up whenever that might be. Well, I thought it was, I found it funny because as many people know, I'm a New York City native and it turned out that I was in New York City uh, during the height of things last week. And I remember seeing the uh, people uh, in the subways wiping down surfaces. But, you know, as soon as they wiped down a surface, 20 people walked by, touched everything. And so I'm thinking, well, how effective was, was that cleaning? You know, I mean, it's right. just contaminated all over again. But 
Having said that, I did feel a sense of reassurance knowing that they were doing their best to keep the, the surfaces as clean as possible. So, you know, like I said, N95 masks may not be that that wonderful, but that that means to me multiple layers of defense, face shields, you know, and, and remembering not to touch your face when changing PPE. I know it's hard. Changing a mask is hard to not, and not touch your face at the same time. But it's hand washing. It's injection technique. It's sharps protection. Hazardous waste disposal. All the things that you, as you said, and well put, Kevin, that we've learned from, from HIV that we're all doing now. You know, and, and if the patients see you doing these things as a matter of course, you, again, you can be the skeptic like me and say, well, how good is that? But at the same time, I'd rather see you do that than not do, yeah. do that. So, and, and remember one thing, though, if, if we're talking about post-containment, COVID-19 has been shown to survive on surfaces. Estimates range from like one day to nine days. So it's, it's even more important now, as you pointed out, that all surfaces be decontaminated and kept clean as probably on a much more aggressive schedule than we used to. Yeah. And this includes places like what? Not just the operatory, but even things like the front desk, the waiting area, even the bathroom. Because I've even had offices so far that are still remaining open, removing magazines, coffee makers, you know, anything that can be touched multiple times. But the most important thing, of course, is if you're going to clean those surfaces, if, you, if that's going to fall on the office staff, then they have to wear PPE because, again, it's aerosols. Great. And yep. those are the things that when you wipe something down or stir it up, and therefore, you know, you need to be able to protect yourself. And you know, I don't have to say it. I'm sure everybody knows proper sterilization of instruments and devices. And maybe even going over that with patients. I don't think they know what an autoclave is. Oh. No. You know, let them know what we do every day. You know, Tom, I'll go get my hair cut, and the place I go here in Colorado makes it a point every time to do this whole unveiling of the scissors and comb and everything that they're going to use. To and, and tells me, you know, now this has been prepared just for you, nobody else. You know, yep. and and I keep thinking, why don't we do that a little bit more in dentistry? Maybe that we really, you know, not make a show of it, but really overemphasize to patients the sterilization process and opening the instruments and all that stuff. I agree. I think I think it should be a showcase. I think instead of hiding the autoclave as much as we do, we should maybe not bring it out in front, but at least tell people, look what we do. We sterilize instruments every time. We have them in a bag. Here they are. We open them in front of them and explain to them, you know, this, again, like you said, this has been prepared, especially for each patient. Look, bottom line is this, you know, I, I, I get the dentistry is tough as it is. And, and it's tough every day. You start adding all these extra precautions and procedures that just adds up to more delays. You fall behind schedule and, and it may instill fear, not just in your staff, but in your patients. But at the same time, we can't go back. Right. You know, we've learned from this whole experience. I know firsthand how this virus can disrupt your personal and professional life and your livelihood. But at the same time, th this is a, a, a watershed moment for dentistry. E either we take a stand now and say, we're never going to go down this road again. We're going to we're going to be proactive for next time, uh, or or we don't, and we make repeat our own mistakes. No, that's well said. I you know I think I think we are at a tipping point in our industry, and I think that we have we're going to start doing things differently, maybe than we did beforehand. And Tom, I know one thing that you're going to be doing, uh, and I want to make sure our uh, listeners know this is really ramping up your educational offerings during this time when meetings are kind of at a at least face-to-face -face meetings are at a standstill. So I want to make sure that uh, you get a chance to tell people about that. 
Yeah, buddy, because I'll tell you, you know, of course, in, in a selfish way, I'm looking at my next three weeks and I'm saying, wow, what am I going to do with myself? I've got nowhere to go and nowhere to be. But I also feel for my comrades out there, my, my colleagues who who were counting on those live meetings to get their CEs. And now that they've been postponed indefinitely or maybe canceled altogether, what am I going to do? You know, if, they're, if, I'm, if I'm them, what, what am I going to do for my CE? So what I'm going to do this next couple of weeks is actually record all those webinars that I've been trying to record all this time. I'm going to try to get up to 12 of them up on my website. Good. Uh, they're all going to be three credits each. So uh, you'll have plenty of opportunity to get your credits, including some topics that are required, like opioids uh, and uh, local anesthesia. Get them all up there so that people can take them. Uh, it's easy. It's my website. It's not a very creative name. It's tomviola.com. Um, and looking forward to, to seeing you all there. Plus, you can always reach out to me on uh, and find information from me on Instagram and um, Facebook at Pharmacology Declassified. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I know... Tom, uh, I think this is a great resource that you're going to be providing, and I think it's one that's necessary in this time. But that being said, I'm also looking forward to actually seeing you again in person one of these days at a, at a show whenever uh, we, we get through this as an industry. Let me tell you something, Kevin. I'm looking forward to you and I having Corona together with a lime in the neck. Okay, can we do that? That, that would be nice. You know what? Yeah, I'm flashing back to uh, Seattle Study Club in Phoenix right now, man. I tell you, <laughs> sign me up. That sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, Tom, thanks so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Stay safe out there, my friend. Kevin, I appreciate your leadership in these times of trouble. Thank you, my friend, very much so. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you for listening. Hey, we know that these are tough times, and certainly we are sending our best thoughts to you to make sure that you are staying safe, but also that you're staying educated. And so that's why we think it's important. Uh, check out uh, resources like Tom's website. Check out Ignite DA. Check out the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us. Things like this matter. So make sure that you're taking advantage of, of the time when maybe the world's been a little disrupted to get better for whenever things get somewhat back to normal soon. So with that, uh, we want to encourage you to stay safe, stay healthy, and more than anything, stay educated and stay positive. Together, we rise.